Omajana Tramanandasya, Jana Jana Salakaya, Chakshurun Nilitanyena, Tusmai Sri Guruve Namaha, Vanchkaptu Vischa, Kripa Sindhviva Chakra, Titanam Amenevyo, Vaishnaveju Namo Namaha. Thank you for having me here. It's always my pleasure. So we're going to go over three sixes today, but our three sixes are part of four sixes, and those four parts, those four sixes, are given to us in a revelation by Srila Rupa Goswami, and that revelation is in relationship to how we can um, advance in Krishna consciousness. And Krishna consciousness is really pretty simple. The process is always remember Krishna and never forget him. Mm. However, the practice of that principle is, is sometimes difficult for us. In contact with this external potency of the Lord, uh, uh, we become bewildered. We can't overcome this potency by our own effort. It's not possible. Uh, that isn't to say that... Uh, Many people try and to some extent do overcome the Lord's external potency, his material energy. Uh, asat, achit, uh, nirananda. It's, it has no life, this material energy. Uh, so anywhere in this material energy that you perceive life, you're perceiving Krishna's superior energy one of his two superior energies. For the most part, the perception of any movement or any life in this external dead potency of the Lord, humir, nalo, bayu, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, false ego, all these things have no potency except to bewilder us. So they're, they're, they have n no spiritual substance other than the fact that they come from Krishna and they're meant to basically entrap or fulfill the desires of the li living entity. If we see any movement here, if we see any, any potency, any growth, any life, if we see anything, it is either the Lord's personal shaktis, his higher potencies, his spiritual potencies, or his marginal potency. That is ourselves, jivatma. Teeny, teeny little bit of jivatma can do a lot. A teeny, itsy bitsy, one ten thousandth of the tip of a hair, Jivatma, can create a whole universe. That's how much potency the Jivatma has. Of course, in order to do that, there needs to be a, an infusion of some higher knowledge. But the potency, the potential in this material world for the Jivatma is that much. In fact, any one of you can create a universe. 
A little bit of a requirement there. <laughs> you have to live a hundred or a thousand? A hundred. A hundred perfect lifetimes. No mistakes. Everything in those hundred lifetimes, if done in accordance with Vedic direction, will give you so much potency as a jivatma that you can create your own universe and populate it. That's tatastisakti. That's marginal. Our recognition of it at this point in time where we're at one ten thousandth the tip of a hair is animating this form. One little particle of spiritual potency within our heart is allowing us the facility to inhabit and execute life in a material body. So we're going to start by understanding that what is going to be discussed today, these three sixes from the revelation of Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, I'm sorry, in relationship to actually four sixes. The first one's kind of above me, so I didn't feel qualified to speak of it. Vacha Vegam, Manasakrata Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udarapasta Vegam, Etan Vegam, Yo Visaheta Dira, Sarva Mapimam, Priti That's a little high qualification, so unless some of you here are ready for this, you know, controlling the urge to speak, the mind's demands, the actions of anger, and the urges of the tongue, belly, and genital. If you have all that under control, you're qualified to take disciples anywhere you go. Not a false, a falsity, a false presentation of those values. We're talking about a true realization and incorporation of those values. The urge to speak. Only speaking spiritual subject matters. Bacho Vega, Manasa, Krodo Vega, the mind. Wherever the mind goes, you have it under control. It's not going to drag you around at all. That's the level of control that the perfect sannyasi has. Jiva Vega, the tongue, the tongue is only used to vibrate spiritual vibration, the Veda. That's what the sannyasi does, only spiritual vibration. Jivag vegam udarapasta vegam. The belly, the tongue, the belly, the genital. All three in a line, all three can pull us down to the point where our existence, our enjoyment, is taken from the external potency. The sannyasi that Rupa Goswami is speaking about, this consciousness of a sannyasi, 
His consciousness is such that these things of the tongue, the belly, the genital, they do not drag him down to enjoy on the material plane. He eats just enough to keep the body alive. He doesn't eat to fill the belly. He doesn't set things aside for later eating. He doesn't indulge in sex life. Now this sannyas also can be in the household life. So, well, how can he control his genitals? Well, in that case, the sannyas gridhastra he only uses to have offspring. So we look on our acharyas in our line and we see sannyasis even in the householders. How many bhaktivinoda? We have a discrepancy here. <laughs> a lot. More than most of us do these days. But he could forget beget ten children. Why? Because he made them all Krishna devotees. He's a sannyasi in that regard. If you can do that, have a hundred children. That sounds painful. <laughs> but actually there are there are mystic yogis, uh, the progenitors of mankind, Manu and his sons and his offspring, uh, Kashyapa, not only humans, different species of life. <laughs> but these are, these, are, these are jivatmas who have much potency. They're empowered by the Supreme Lord to populate the universe. So, no problem. Hundred thousand, hundred thousand, whole species of life, yes, come from these progenitors. This is all given to us in the Bhagavatam. Beyond our comprehension, it seems, sometimes. How can that happen? How, ca come, how can a whole universe come from one Brahma? And how come the offspring of that one Brahma have all these progenitors and all these rishis? It's all coming. And the whole universe is being populated. It's, it's hard to understand. I understand. It's like, oh, how could he do that? Yes, ma'am. Would that make um, Adam and Eve Brahmins? And the Christian Brahmas? Brahmas? I think, I'm not real familiar with uh, you know Christianity, but I think Adam and Eve are more representative. The, you know, all of these stories, the Puranas, the Bible, all these histories given to mankind at different times in order to elevate their consciousness into spiritual life are given as a way so that we can, we can learn the lessons of life without, the, without going through the school of hard knocks ourselves. So when we look at a story from, like the Bible, Adam and Eve, so these stories from the Puranas, we're looking at a representation if you take from the tree of life for yourself, not giving first to the supreme, yeah, the snakes are going to tell you to do that. And you're, you, can be, you can be led astray by that activity. So more of a story. I think to compare 
Adam and Eve to uh, Brahma in the concept that's given in the Vedas is probably not fully appropriate. But again, remember, all these stories, whether they come from the Vedas or the Quran or from, from the you know, Christian tradition, according to the mentality of a culture, the Supreme Lord gives direction. Now, and therefore you have different religions and therefore you have, well, if it's not in the Bible, it's, what is this, Veda? Well, I've studied the Vedas to some extent, the Bhagavat Purana, a history based on the Vedas, you know, and I can also accept what's in the Bible as being helpful to those people. I realize that probably everything that's in all the various Puranas is not literal. A lot of it is meant to, to rise, raise my consciousness to spiritual life. So when we say, well, these sages had 10,000 or 20,000, or this, this demon had, you know, what, how many heads, Bacchus? Arms? Thousands of arms. He was really, really strong and dexterous. Or he had a thousand arms. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? Because what really matters is how does this story give me some substance, some, some food for thought that helps me advance spiritually? So when I hear that he had a hundred arms or a thousand arms or a hundred heads or someone, you know, the planet, I hear all these things. They're fantastic. Are they literal? Probably some of them are literal. Some of them are figurative. Unless the guru's telling us whether it's literal or, fig or figurative, we take it for its value. What can it do to soften my heart? That's its value. So let's get into the sixes today. And we'll leave aside the sannyas six that we just went into, uh, as it's beyond my capacity. <laughs> but these are some little sixes that we're given. And what I want to do is I want to start by, let's, let's remember what is the purpose of the sixes. At the very end of Bhagavad Gita, Krishna gives a direction, surrender unto me. Forget the religion. Forget all the regulations that regulate life in a such a way that you're doing business with me. That does, that's not pleasing to me. Now in my spiritual master's purport to that verse, at the end of Bhagavad Gita, he quotes the verse that we're going to chant here. Anakuyasya sankalpa pratikuyasya varjanam raksish Yatiti visvaso, go tripve varanam tata, atman nikse pakarpanye, sadvidi saranagati. So Krishna has just said in Bhagavad Gita, surrender unto me. So the great teachers in our line, they've given us some direction. Well, here, because when we say surrender to Krishna, well, what's that mean? What? Okay, surrender to Krishna. Okay, I surrender to Krishna. Yeah, well, let me tell you how to do it right. So, this is the road map to surrender. Anukoyasya sankalpa 
We accept things. We perform activities. Our intent, sankalpa, our intent is we do things to please Krishna. That's, a, that's an anga, a limb of surrender. Pratikuyasya varjana. And if it's not really going to please Krishna, it's secondary, it's not important, and as, my, as I advance spiritually, those kind of activities that I may perform because of my conditioning, I gradually want to abandon them. Prati, kuyasya, varjanam. I don't want to do things that are not going to please Krishna. Raksishyatiti visvaso. I see that in this life, if there is any shelter to be had, that is only going to come to me from Krishna. I can't put my faith anywhere else and expect a successful result. Now, Krishna is just not Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He has a host of well-wishers for us to take shelter of Him through. But that shelter, ultimately, He's giving. There was once a great sage, and he was in meditation. During that period, another saintly person came, and he was so absorbed in his meditation, in his bhajan, that he didn't take note of this sage. And by not taking note of the sage, the sage became offended. Well, I've come here to your hermitage and you're just sitting over there on the hill meditating. Uh, no water? No seat? You're not offering a meal? You're not even offering a greeting? You're just a big, dumb beast. Actually, that would be good for you. You should learn from this. So, you're going to be a big dumb beast. So this <laughs> this particular devotee, he was cursed by a sage. Why did these things happen? Providence. We don't always know why things happen to us in life, do we? Maybe it's something we did in the past. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's something that where the Supreme Lord is personally putting us in a situation to give us an opportunity to advance in life. Don't be so hung up about where it comes from. Wherever it came from, let us use it to our advantage. That's intelligence. All of a sudden, from the body of a devotee in some meditation... I'm tossed into the body of a big dumb animal. He became an elephant. Not just any elephant. 
<laughs> the king of the elephants. So powerful that he could tromp around the heavenly planets and no one got in his way. And all the female elements, elephants followed behind and all the other male elephants, they followed it. They were part of his troop. He was the king. So he was in a special place. Uh, it's called uh, Trikuta, a heavenly planet, heavenly, surrounded by a milk ocean. Trikuta is a huge three-peaked mountain. One peaks gold, one peaks silver, the other peaks iron. And in this atmosphere, this heavenly atmosphere, it's hard to describe. In the sixth, is it sixth? No, eighth canto of Bhagavatam. Practically a whole chapter is dedicated just to trying to describe this, this heavenly atmosphere. There are, there's vegetation and tr trees and vegetation and flowers and birds that, that reside there in this heavenly planet that there are no English words for. So you're reading this and it's like you're reading a verse and generally when you read a verse in the Bhagavatam there's an English translation. Oh, there's a crane, there's a swan, there's a... No. Uh-uh. Oh, well there's a rose, there's a daffodil, there's a lily. No. The English translation is a lot of Sanskrit words for vegetation and flowering trees and birds and bees and and living entities that are not even seen on earth. Heavenly planet. So when you come to this area, you know, don't be dumbfounded. They just there is no English equivalent. The translator of the Bhagavatam could not find that kind of a plant here on earth, anywhere in history, to give us an English reference. So verse after verse, there's one, there's just all these descriptions. It's like, well, okay, I'd be far out to know what kind of a plant that was, <laughs> but I guess we're not going to know. So when, this, when the verse says, I, mean, I could look up the verse, you know, I, I wouldn't, I could pronounce the Sanskrit, but I couldn't even tell you anything about it. So they couldn't tell us anything about it. That's how far out this heavenly planet is. And here's this elephant, and he's there, and he's enjoying like anything. It does say one interesting thing, that the lakes there, because he goes to a lake to have a bath, the lakes there and the fragrance of the, the fragrance coming off the lakes, the fragrance off the lakes was created by the fragrant heavenly damsels that bathed in that lake. That gives us some kind of an idea what kind of place we're talking about. There wasn't any perfume needed. They perfume the lake. That's their So he's there and he's going to the lake. Come on, family, let's go. And he's he's bathing his family and his wives. He's filling his tusk with water and blowing it on them. And they're having a good old time, as elephants will do with their female wives. And the the manas, I think that's how they pronounce it, is coming off his forehead, and he's. He's excited, and all of a sudden, clamp. 
Something's on my leg. What is it? He tries to kill. It's a it's it's a crocodile. Just clamped on him. He's well, get away. Come on. I, don't you know who I am? I'm Gajendra. <laughs> this is my place. I'm here. Everybody is afraid of me. What are you doing with your big, you know, snout on, on my leg? Get out of here. Mm, no. The crocodile's like, hey, you're in my place, and I don't want you here. You leave. No, I'm the king of the elephants. I'm staying. Okay, well, if you stay, you suffer. I'm staying right here, and my lips are staying right here, wrapped around your leg. So this goes on for a considerable time. A long time. The verse in the Bhagavatam says a thousand years. A long, long time. You can either take it as a long time or you can take it as a thousand years. The point is Gajendra is in, a, is in trouble. And as this time, whether it be a thousand years or as long as you can imagine, becomes so prolonged that the crocodile who is in his element, he's in the water. He's strong in the water. He, he's, he's, the, he's the main beast in this lake. He gets stronger. His stamina gets greater. His mental strength gets greater. His senses become more strong. His physical strength becomes more strong. And Gajendra, who's in a foreign, because generally the elephant, his, his domain is on the land. He only went to the lake for a bath and to, you know blow off some steam with his wives. Anyway. So, he's there. And his, the other elephants in the troop can't do anything for him. And his wives are there lamenting, but guess what? They can't do anything for him. And time goes on, and time goes on. And all of a sudden, he realizes no one here can do, to do, do any good for me. Come on. Here it is. A thousand years and none of you can come to my rescue? So he thinks. And in his thinking, intelligence comes to him. Dadami buddhi yogam tam. He was once a sage. He was once a devotee. And being once a sage and once a devotee and being in complete distress for an extended period of time, he realizes. He remembers. Krishna gives him remembrance. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, he gives us remembrance. What is the verse? So Krishna gives him intelligence. He remembers. He remembers a mantra. A Gayatri mantra. In the Bhagavatam, in this verse, the first verse of a series of verses, probably 20 verses that Gajendra says, in realization, remembrance, of his spiritual intelligence when he was a devotee before. The first verse, 
contains a ver- word. Dimahi, meditate on the Supreme. His Gayatri was there. He recalls it. He chants it. He chants other verses. Who they, These verses come to him and he realizes more and more his position in relationship to the Supreme. That Krishna is my only protector. Raksishyatiti visvaso. The demigods didn't come because he wasn't chanting a mantra to draw the demigods to protect him. His mantra was directed specifically for the, to the Supreme. The demigods are well aware of all of our thoughts and all of our actions within this material domain. You're not blinking an eyelid that they're not helping you do. They're, they're, I don't know how it happens, but believe me. From what we hear from the Bhagavat, they're very much involved in facilitating our material enjoyment and our material actions and reactions and everything that's happening happening to us here. But they did not come to Gajendra's aid because he he specified through his mantra and through his prayers, he specified things in such a way that only he could draw Krishna's attention. So Krishna, he shows up on the back of Garuda, his carrier, four arms, carrying his, his different weapons. And he, Gajendra's, he's, what, what can he do? He, he, he's got an alligator. Kind of hard to pay obeisances when you got an alligator clamped on your leg. So he, he does, he finds what he can and he picks up a lotus flower in his trunk and he offers it to Vishnu. Vishnu immediately pulls him out of the lake with the crocodile attached, pulls out one of his weapons, his chakra, and cuts off the snout of the alligator. Woo! Out of the form of the alligator comes a heavenly... Demigod. He had been placed in the form of an alligator by another one of those curses of a sage. Guess what he was up to? He was on a heavenly planet. He was in a lake. He was enjoying with all his damsels. And you know how it is under the water when you're enjoying with your damsels. You're grabbing this and grabbing that. Well, under the lake, when he was grabbing around, what was there? There was a sage in the lake, meditating, underwater. He grabs the sage's leg. What's the sage? Oh, what are you doing? What the hell is wrong with you? You're here enjoying... I'm meditating here. Get your hand off my leg. You're such a fool. Become an alligator. Go grab with your beak whatever you want to eat. However he came up with the curse, that's how the alligator came to that same heavenly planet and lived in the lake that Gajendra went into. And all of a sudden, 
you know there's a there's a struggle for many many years so immediately Krishna killed that form and he displayed his heavenly form he was returned he could go back to his damsels he was allowed to return to his heavenly place position Gajendra wanted nothing to do with that. His prayer had been so specific that he let the Supreme know, I do not want any more from this material plane. Please, you get me out of this place. So, he actually attained, attained Vaikuntha from the strength of his mantra and his prayers to the Supreme who came, that came back to him. When he realized there was no shelter for him except Krishna. So this word is very significant. Just see how powerful it is, devotional service. That even if we do the wrong thing along the way, forget our way, get lost, get sidetracked for who knows how long on this or that heavenly atmosphere, in this form or that form, Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita a little, a little advancement on this path can save us from the greatest danger. And there is no loss or diminution. This is, this is heavy spiritual potency here, this process. This knowledge. This is heavy stuff. This is this is like this is cool don't give this up this would be foolish we would be a fool number one to not take full advantage even thinking of that even conceiving of how great the benediction that Gajendra had and the liberation that he attained in Vaikuntha. How he was overwhelmed with ecstasy in relationship to, to Vishnu. And that, in all, that, that his, his liberation was to, to, to reside in Vaikuntha and serve the Supreme. Probably one of the five liberations or all of them. And what are we, what are we learning here in Kali Yuga on this earthly planet? We're not even on a heavenly planet. But the, the, what is being made available to us through the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, Krishna trying to taste the pleasure of Radha wants to give Radha the topmost pleasure and provide her with more assistance. We're talking about the highest level of spiritual perfection. Those activities in service to the Supreme in his personal abode. So, protection. Accepting what's favorable, putting aside what's unfavorable, letting the Lord be our only protector, 
Go trip vei, varanam tata, go trip vei, being our provider. Is that right? Go trip vei, providing for us. That we see if whatever, whatever is coming to sustain us, that is ultimately coming from the Supreme. That's a way to surrender in our life, that we see it's not coming from my endeavor. Krishna is providing everything. We have that false notion that this is all coming by my hard works. Well, actually, you didn't make the sun. You didn't make a seed. You didn't come up with water. The air that you breathe, you didn't go into the laboratory and manufacture it. So my provider is the environment who created the environment, ultimately Krishna. Atmanik Sepa, complete self-surrender. I'm missing one. He's my maintainer. Uh, complete self-surrender. We're at five. Ah, humility. Oh, humility. Of course. What else would I forget? I just had a godbrother tell me that I was, oh, anyway, we won't go there. Anyway, I get into some discussions sometimes and get myself in trouble with certain people. I'm kind of headstrong. I was called on it. Sorry. But I pro- probably won't change overnight, but anyway. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. So, these six items of surrender, humility, and complete self-surrender, everything. Take it all. Like Bali Maharaj. I don't want to go down another story right now. It'll be too long of a class. But, let's go over what Srila Rupa Goswami is saying in these three sixes, coming from his Upadeshamrita, our spiritual master named this book the Nectar of Instruction. It's Rupa Goswami's greatest contribution as the, the uh, Abhideya, as, as, as the Abhideya Acharya, the, the, the architect of this practice of pure unalloyed devotional service coming from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Rupa Goswami is in charge of that aspect of our practice. So his literatures, his contributions teach that aspect of our devotional practice. His main contribution, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Hands up, who was in the Boy Scouts? Oh, nobody. I was in the Cub Scouts. There you go. So what do you get when you join? And there's some Girl Scouts, whatever, you join, whatever. What's the first thing? What are you given? Oh, okay. Just rain on my parade. You get a handbook. And a uniform. You get a uniform, but you get the And it tells you about all the merit badges and everything. Rupa Goswami has given us the handbook. When we join Krishna consciousness, here's your handbook. It's in, you know, it's a a pretty 
Do we get a uniform too? <laughs> yes, but to get your uniform, you have to start up here. Um, <laughs> All right. So this uh, nectar of instruction is uh, is like a corollary. It's like a, a little. It's a little condensed look at the whole process. Is it not from? you know, the sannyas at the very beginning and then we're going to go over these do's and the don'ts and how to love each other as devotees. And then he gets into even the highest theistic presentation by the end of the book. And it's only, what, 14 verses? Huh? 11. 11 verses. He goes from the beginning to the end at 11 verses. Very, very thick stuff. Really, to understand this nectar of instruction, you need the bigger handbook, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's, that's how much he packs into these 11 verses. Quite amazing. We're going to look at three of them. And we're not going to look at them in real depth. We're just going to look at, he's giving us some indications, some do's and don'ts, that what? First of all, if you're going to let us never ever under any condition get so wrapped up in the do's and don'ts of Krishna consciousness that we forget the main principle which is to always remember Krishna never forget him so some do's and don'ts which serve that principle this, these help us in our spiritual life Achahara priyasas cha prajalpo niyamagraha janasangas chalau yamcha sadbir bhaktir vinashyati. Six don'ts. If you can somehow or other incorporate these, when the mind is going off in the strange direction, remember these things. Achahara. In life, don't make your life about getting, getting, getting. Just get what you need. Take what you need. Don't take any more. Don't collect more than you need and don't... Oops. <laughs> don't eat more than you need. <laughs> Sorry, I don't do that one. Uh, Achihara. Overeating and overcollecting. Not good for spiritual life. Take what you need and be content with it. Don't waste your whole life trying to get the yacht, the Ferrari, all the fancy girls, the, the mansions, the three, whatever. Take what's good and, and concentrate on always remembering Krishna and never forgetting him. Achyahara Priyasascha. In life, especially in this material energy, everything's a struggle. Don't get, get caught up in the struggle. Don't over-endeavor. That doesn't mean don't endeavor. It means don't over-endeavor. Just what it says. Prayasyascha. Do what's within your capacity according to your nature and you will advance nicely in your devotional life. Krishna gives the same indication in Bhagavad Gita. 
we don't take on more than we can handle. Both spiritually and materially. It applies to both. We take and we make, we understand we're in this for the long haul. Look at the goal. Look at what we are striving for. What if it takes... I mean, Gajendra is, is wrapped up by material nature. Material energy has his leg for a thousand years and he's not going anywhere. What's a thousand years? It's a long time. What else do we have but time? And how nice is the time that we have when we spend it with devotees? Whether it's one lifetime or a thousand lifetimes. So we endeavor according to our capacity. We don't take out more, with, more than we can do. And we advance nicely. Prajalpa. Idle talking. Where do we go? We could go a hundred directions and talk about this for many classes. He said, she said. Hey, the web said. <laughs> Once you get down the web direction, it, it, it's, it expands unlimitedly, it seems. I mean, one day I'm looking at this, and all of a sudden, uh, an hour later, and I'm like, whoa, how did the hell did I get here? <laughs> that's, you know, that's prajalpa. Prajalpa takes us there. Prajalpa means discussing things that are not really beneficial to life, not beneficial to spiritual progress. Are you going to give up prajapa overnight? No. After we finish this class and during your prashadam, there'll be prajapa. The point is, we try to, we try to keep our converse, conversation in the spiritual realm. And how can we do that? Janasanga. We keep our association. We give up bad association. If we give up bad association, if we're only associating with devotees, then what is all our japa going to be? It's not going to be prajapa. It's going to be discussion of spiritual topics which are beneficial to us. Niyama agraha. When we take to the course of spiritual life and we, we decide this is, this is something I really need, and we surrender to the spiritual master, he's going to give us some directions. Do this, don't do that. So when he does that, according to our capacity, we, we, we take that into our life and we execute our life according to those standards. We should not neglect those standards. Niyama agraha. We follow those standards as best we can. And we progress. And as we progress, we're able to follow them better and better and better. Because that is spiritual life. It does take over uh, our existence. If we follow these six, twelve, eighteen items. Laoyam, material greed. So, we have these six items. These are the don'ts. Let's talk about some do's. What can we do to enthuse our spiritual practice, to nourish our spiritual practice, to help us always remember Krishna and never forget him? Utsahan nischayad daryat 
Tatat karma pavartanat sanga twagat sato rite sadbir bhaktir prasidyati. These things are favorable. Prasidyati. Being enthusiastic. It's not always easy to pursue spiritual practice because we have a lot of anarthas, bad habits. We put value in things that don't really have value. So as much as possible, we need to remain enthusiastic on the path. Again, and we're going to see here something that's extremely significant about these two verses. So remain enthusiastic. Have confidence. We can see that when we come into the assembly of devotees, there are devotees who are advancing in spiritual life. If I stay in this association, by, just by the association, what do we call it? Well, well, I tell you what I was <laughs> back in the sixties. We called it a contact tie. <laughs> of course, I would think of the contact tie. You would think of osmosis, but same thing. <laughs> so, little bit of a contact tie. Just stay with the devotees. The confidence is there to push forward in their association, and be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. It could happen overnight. I mean, Gajendra was liberated in, a, in an instant, but for the most... Years. Huh? It took him a thousand years. Well, it took him more than that. But anyway, yeah, he had his life before that. But let's, be a, let's just realize the goal is so tremendous here. As I said earlier, does it matter how long it takes to get there? Of course we'd like it to happen immediately, but let's have confidence that it will eventually happen. And let's be patient until it does. If I have a disease and I go to the doctor and I take the medicine, I can't expect that the second that the needle goes in my arm and I'm given the injection, that all of a sudden I'll be cured instantaneously. It takes some time. Similarly, in spiritual life, that time is there. Tat tat karma pavartanat. And if we're going to engage in activities, let's make sure that they're directed towards always remembering Krishna. Spiritual activities. Devotional activities. Pure devotional activities. What does that mean? What are those basic pure devotional activities? All our activities are corollaries to support these Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smarnam Padasevanam Archanam Vandanam Dasham Nine. Always, you know, hearing, chanting, remembering, offering prayers. So, pure devotional activities. The primary ones. And make all the other things support those primary nine activities. Hearing, chanting, remembering. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam Padasevanam Offering prayers Arjunam Offering respect to the deities Letting the deities see us Coming for their arti Vandanam Prayers Praying Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna Main prayer Hare Krishna Other prayers are there We can learn those 
to support, nourish our spiritual life. Fundamentum. Dasyam. Becoming a servant of the Supreme <coughs> and all of his representatives and associates. What am I? Becoming his friend. Accepting if there is a friend, Krishna is our dear most friend. Again, from that same, <coughs> the same thing. Atmanu Vedanam, Atmanikshepakarpanam, same thing, full self-surrender. Sangatwagat, association of non-devotees to be given up. Satovrite, and following the previous acharyas, as they have conducted their life in spiritual practice, in their sadhika deha, we follow them. We follow the guru foremost, and then like that. Yes. Did you make a comment about? Um, well, you know, <coughs> in the course, I'm sure everyone in this room uh, hangs out with all kinds of different people in the course of school or work or, you know, like Bhakti No talks about. You know, you you you're respectful in ordinary dealings, but you don't take up. The other people's habits. So mm -hmm. maybe, you know, when we lived in the temple, we took it to an extreme, not avoiding association of non-devotees. Maybe you could just say something about that. Well, I was just getting to that point. Okay. And it's a very important point that you're making. How important? So Rupa Goswami here is giving what? Six don'ts that help us always remember Krishna and never forget him, and six do's. Well, five do's and one don't. What's that don't doing in there with the do's? Fifth item in both. Janga Sangha. Sangha Twagat. All of a sudden, just to make the point, Rupa Goswami that Karnamrita is bringing out, just to make that point and bring it home to us in both the verse on these things are good and these things are bad. In both those places, he says avoid worldly association. Karnamrita's made a good point. We can't always do that. We have jobs, we have school, we have to live in the world. But we don't have to take on worldly mentality. We don't have to live in the world on their terms. Live in the world in your community on your terms. And make your terms favorable to Krishna consciousness. Give your association. Don't take their association. In a cultured way, in the beginning of the Krishna consciousness movement, we did it in a revolutionary way. <laughs> And that was 40 years ago. Now we're going to do it in a cultured way. So you're going to find that the elders in your sangha are going to recommend let's let's make that approach very cultured. And we're not going to be able to go out there like we did in the 60s. It was a different time. <laughs> but I've gone well over my time here, I'm sure. The last of the sixes are how we love each other. And we begin these processes of love first with Guru, 
and then we extend to the whole family of Vaishnavas who nurture our spiritual life. Dadati prati grinati guyam akyati prichiti bonkte bonjayate chaiva sadvidim priti laksanam. Dadati, I give in charity. Prati grinati, I accept charity. I accept favorable gifts. Not for my enjoyment, my exploitation. If you want more on this specifically, I just finished uh, uh, an article on the harmonist. You can really get into the not how to take things and how to see your devotional life when benedictions are given to you and gifts are given to you. How to take them properly and not let them take you. So, the Dati Pratikrinati. We inquire confidentially and we also try to help others by, by hearing confidentially, both in spiritual matters and any matters with the devotee. We care about their well-being. Let us, let us make that topmost in this association, to really care, not just superficially, but care, but care in the right way, care about spirit, the spiritual growth of the community. And specifically, the spiritual advancement of everybody in the community. And my favorite, which we will now get to, <laughs> right after a couple words. Bonte Bojayate Chaiva. Both giving prashadam and accepting prashadam. And thank you for the gift of prashadam. <laughs> Mahara gave me a whole box of prashadam to take home. Thank you so very much. Do we have any questions? Yes, ma'am. Um, when, when we talk about uh, what was a little advancement saves one from the greatest type of fear, I've heard that uh, you know sometimes we think of the greatest fear as falling into the animal species or falling out of the human species. But for us, couldn't like the greatest fear be forgetting Krishna? Yes, what absolutely. You, say, you know how how do you usually take the greatest? Fear? Well, I wouldn't mind if I was. Uh, I'm willing to be that deer as a, if I have the benediction that Jad Bharat received that he'd never forget Krishna. That's the greatest fear for a devotee, to forget. But unfortunately, if we are so miscreant in our activities, generally this material potency is so strong that receipt of that benediction is an exception to the rule not... <coughs> You know, not the standards. So when it's spoken in the Gita, do you think it's spoke like for most people? That, I mean, what do you think is commonly referred to? I would probably go with with our spiritual masters, purport in that regard. really falling into lower consciousness, which means to forget mm-hmm. Krishna. I only require yeah, because in general, devotees are not afraid of falling. Yes, yeah. I think they use the metaphor of falling into the ocean of material existence. Yeah, just become more, more covered by material. Okay. Anything else? What is the uh, Sanskrit on the bottom? Basically, Sri Rupa Goswami in. In Bhakti Rasamrita Sindha breaks up devotional service into three very broad categories. Very quickly. 
devotional service in practice, devotional service in ecstasy, and devotional service in pure love of God. In the, in the advancement of the devotee from devotional service in practice to devotional service in ecstasy to devotional service in pure love of God, in each of those three stages, two distinct characteristics become manifest in the, in the character of a devotee, in his life. So, the first two are kleshagni. Sinful reaction runs away from Krishna's devotees. Yamaraj told, told his messengers, yeah, we don't mess with these people that chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> That's a whole other story. So, Kleshagni Subhada. All auspiciousness comes the devotee's way. Subhada. Yes. Uh, moksha. Uh, the devotee defies even the idea of it's not of interest to him. Yeah. So therefore we have Lord Chaitanya's verse we used to chant. You're still chanting. Right? It's exhausticum. So the fourth verse. Nadanam. Nadanam. Nasundarim. Kavitramba. Jagadishisham. Mama Janmani. 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 I don't care. Birth after birth. Little patience. Whatever it takes to get there, that's okay. Janmani, Janmani. If I'm engaged in your service, I'm content. Moksha Langa. So, devotional service surpasses moksha so much. But, moksha like is walking around the devotee trying to give. Here, take, take my gift. Take liberation. Sadurlaba. Very rarely achieved. What we are being given here in the wake of Sri Chaitanya's advent is very rare. How rare? Those residents of the heavenly planet are standing in line to take birth here and engage in this Sankirtan movement and chant Hare Krishna because it's become been made so easy for us to advance in spiritual life by the grace of Lord Chaitanya. He's opened the storehouse of love of God and giving freely. Not just love of God, the, high, the highest love of God. Sadurlaba. Yeah. So that also corresponds to the Baba. That's, that's, well, that's in, actually, that is in frame. Yeah. Two, two so the last two are. Visay Satma and Shri Krishna Karsani. So that you attract Krishna. Yes. So those last two are in frame. Concentrated bliss and you attract Krishna. Condensed or concentrated bliss. More than Baba. So that's the verse. Last list here. Loving exchanges with devotees. Dadati, Dadati means giving gifts. 
But the Grinati means accepting. And so amongst all the devotees, we give gifts, we accept gifts. We appreciate your gift of coming all the way out here, making this presentation. And all of us accept it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you.